0: Off season of lies, DK. I it is love it.
1: Oh, lies! He says, <laughs> lie. <laughs> Not knowing, I tricked him, and we went yeah. live. The yeah. off season is the season of lies, and where do most of those
0: lies emanate from? The just lies and on the internet is where they are. Dumb yes. thoughts is also where they lie from. Where do they come from? With you, DK, <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> dog i was just like no don't do this why are we doing this y'all I, we're gonna tell you what we mean okay and, and right after i hit the clock it's the clock or the bell which one are we hitting today we want bell are we gonna hit the bell dk yeah, give me bell. the goal call on the bell man and we can get yeah. this thing started no,
1: that's, that's your call it's, it's your my go on the yeah, go show. y'all
0: show. ready to go chris mm-hmm. lynn said ding, ding so i'll give one because two kind of messes it up so here we go start the show
1: That's too good here. Yeah, he did. Chris actually did make the ding-ding call here. He
0: did. Uh, we also
1: got Albie Quirky coming in with Hit the levy on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I saw the, your favorite barbers in the conversation, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Every, everybody's in here today who's usually in. Randy Wagner, of course, is staying on topic. He's already hit the like button. What about you? Do you really want to be judged by Randy Wagner? Do you want that to be part of your day? <sighs>
0: No, you don't want to be judged like him. what? What we call it, DK? The other day, the Uncle Table. You know, like, no, that's for the non-members. That's for the non-members. Well, we can send them over there too if they don't hit that like button. Because the Uncle Table, this is what this is why the Uncle Table ain't bad if you got cool uncles, right, DK? Like these are the uncles that got a bomb ride from somebody to get to the family event. Okay, they come there, they eat up all of the food. They get five to-go plates, okay, and it just ruined the party because they get too drunk. Like, you don't want to be with those uncles over there, DK. We, we want the cool uncles Your
1: favorite there. barber says, I grew up in California, but Pittsburgh is one of the prettiest cities I've been in. That's very nice, but yeah. you're already underestimating us if you don't have us number one. Seriously, if there's a more beautiful urban landscape in the world, and I've been all over the world, I have yet to see it. Uh, people who think of us just for our football team, you know?
0: Yeah, now Pittsburgh. I'm 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 rolling with your favorite barber on this one, DK. Hmm. Uh, let me just because I I love Pittsburgh not just simply because I you know played there. My adult life was there too for the most part. My kid, one of my kids, was born there. They both were raised in Pittsburgh too. But Pittsburgh does kind of have that air about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you if you visit there, you're appreciative of what Pittsburgh really is. Like that's the way I look at it. Like it, it is green. It is. A lot of different variations of people from different like cultures and sects, And I actually love how you have different avenues of Polish Hill and just those type of sectors. I love the the South Side.
1: We are naturally fragmented. There are people who've lived in the South Side who've never been to the North Side in their lives. That's just kind of the way we exist. Victor Simmons, our our Hmm. resident fan in Nigeria, although we might have more. Uh, let's us know here that he's planning on making the trip to the Mecca a la Pittsburgh hey. for my honeymoon. Just married. Congratulations.
0: Congrats. Victor. Victor. Congratulations. By the way, Victor, my university, uh, University of Tennessee, just recently today got a commitment from a Nigerian born kid who's a four star out of England. DK. College sports has gone worldwide. This was a big signing too. This kid is a four-star from England.
1: Yeah, you never know, man.
0: Yeah, you crazy. Never, you
1: never know. Brent Haynes has a challenge for Moan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. We talked about a lot of stuff. We still got to get to those lies, okay? But today is Hump Day.
1: That's how you do it. He he gave everybody such a lame one last week. (laughs) I did. Paul Logden (laughs) is a member. Welcome to Paul. Paul? Uh, If you're not a member (laughs) yet already, you don't want us to rehash what happens to the people who aren't members here.
0: We talked about a little while ago, man.
1: Uncle Table,
0: yeah, Uncle Table, and not the cool uncles, man. It's the one we always side eye. Don't be those dudes, man. Jeez, don't be those dudes.
1: Oh
0: yeah, uh, but, but D- yeah, go ahead, Moan. I was just going to segue us into the the conversation of what the offseason is. <laughs> okay, as I just heard, my dog. I think my Rottweiler always sits behind me whenever I do the show behind my door. I think he just laid down in front of the door. But um, the, the the off season is long. There's a lot of storylines. There's a this is a time of the year to where if you're a bad organization. You think you're going to win the Super Bowl in one year turnaround. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's that time of the year. We hear a lot of noise. There's a lot of fabrication of what uh, this team is going to look like, what your team is going to look like, what the league is going to look like. And then still, we'll rehash. We'll have Roger Goodell selling the $102 million game for a playoff on a Monday, right? Like, there's a lot that goes on in the offseason. But the biggest one of them all, and you brought this to my attention too, is how is Pittsburgh viewed? How is doom and gloom inside of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, DK? Well,
1: it's 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 so weird to have it weird do the opposite. It the the way I see it right now within the city, within the fan base, and yeah. anybody can feel free to you know correct me if they think I'm wrong on this because it's just a perception on my part. Yeah. That there is a real belief and a real excitement about this team. There's a real belief and a real excitement about Kenny Pickett. And both of those things are exactly the opposite on the outside. The Steelers are seen as a consensus last place team. Yeah. In the AFC North. Oh. They're as not at all a playoff team uh, mm. in the conference overall. And Kenny. Doesn't get any anything remotely resembling respect. I'm not sure I've seen this before, Moan. Yeah, probably not. In fact, sometimes it's flipped in the other direction. It it is. You know what I mean? Where people here are like, oh man, I'm really tired of this and everything <laughs> else. And, and on the outside, they're going, Whoa, but they're still the Steelers. This yeah. is the opposite.
0: Yeah, it is. Like the one time we actually have uh, the fan base behind us. And I can say that, too, because we heard the rumbles of the the, the fan base a, on a lot of different bases. I was, of course, in the media more than most players because I knew this was probably going to end up being my second career in some capacity. Right, DK. Uh, but with that being said, we heard the times where we knew we were going to have a good team. And everybody else said, no. Well, the fan base said, no, we're not going to have a good team. You still are a franchise that got four primetime games this year in 2023 after just going nine and eight. You still are a franchise that got late afternoon games. And everybody inside of Pittsburgh or who's a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers is happy about that. But on the outside, fourth in the AFC North. Uh, Mike Tomlin's first losing season is what I saw. Cincinnati is the belle of the ball of the division right now, and rightfully so, right, DK? They've been the closest ones to the show, meaning the Super Bowl, as opposed to almost everybody else in the AFC North. And they got a young quarterback who's working on this uh, contract right now. Lamar just got paid. We can paint all of those stories, but I'd say this. I love where we are as a team. I absolutely enjoy how they've gone about this offseason, the draft period, and also what it looks like going into the season before we even play a game. At least we're not saying these types of things, man. And that's my guy. And I would tell him to his face after I say this quote. Okay, DK? Mm -hmm. (laughs) As soon as I find it here, because I just pulled it up, but it was from uh, one of my, my former teammates, one of my good friends, Chris Hubbard. He went on to a, a program on Good Morning Football NFL Network, and he's speaking about his free agency and stuff like that. And he said this about <laughs> about the the Cleveland Browns. I say, how many years consecutive is it, DK? At least 15 years consecutive they've won the offseason?
1: Oh, yeah, they win all the offseasons.
0: Yeah, Now, are you just counting since they started
1: holding the parades <laughs> yeah. or before that? Yeah. I, think I look at this as the parade era of Cleveland winning off seasons.
0: But we're we're not saying these types of things because you got to back this up, right? He said this: a former Steeler, also Cleveland Brown, as a free agent now. Chris Hubbard, tackle, guard, center. He's played all positions. He said, "I just feel like the Browns have what it takes, man, to be a top contender when it comes to everything that they've done with Andrew Berry stacking up on everybody and making sure the guys are right and in the right position to play." And Kevin Stefanski, and they've got a coach Schwartz over there now. Man, this is the part that's going to get y'all. You may even put laughing emojis on the side, on the uh, YouTube chat. He said, man, it's a powerhouse. I really feel like it's a powerhouse. In Cleveland? Why? I mean,
1: just all you have to do is stop stop and ask yourself why. Like, you can make all the hot takes in the world, okay? You can say anything, but try to actually support it with something. A what do you powerhouse. actually say with their powerhouse? I mean, They're not even competent.
0: <laughs> I mean, seriously, I thought Stefanski was a game or two away from getting fired more than anything. He was. That's by, what I'm thinking. Including by the fan
1: base for the most part. 100%. I thought it was going to be another classic case of us having to do a little eight-paragraph sidebar on, oh, by the way, the Browns fired their coach again on the last game of the season like they always do when they face the Steelers.
0: He, he, he said Somehow this I, he kept his job he, powerhouse. and, and I'm, uh, he he said Cleveland is a powerhouse, powerhouse. Yet the lights are never on in the playoffs okay you see what I'm saying I mean, the
1: only thing I can think of and this is trying to give Hubbard a you know and, a,
0: and that was your first time hearing that quote too wasn't it DK yeah, oh
1: absolutely yeah. the uh, trying to give him the some benefit of the doubt if you consider his position I could see where the Browns fancy themselves as an offensive slash running game powerhouse because they've got Nick Chubb, okay? Yeah. But other than that, I mean... Uh, Miles Garrett, give him credit. Yeah. I don't Uh, give Miles Garrett uh, credit. You know why? These eyes don't ever see him play well. I know that's not how you do this, but he faces the Steelers twice a season, right?
0: That's facts.
1: Tell me why I never notice him.
0: That's facts. Other than the helmet swinger.
1: And if if I'm I'm talking (laughs) about Miles Garrett, okay, and I'm talking about how he gets shut down by Dan Moore.
0: Yeah. And before that, Alejandro.
1: And in the same topic, the same episode, I'm comfortable saying they need to get rid of Dan
0: Moore? (laughs) (laughs) What am I saying? <laughs> that to me sound more like a powerhouse than anything. D K. The fact that the guy that stopped him is actually more out than he is in of the starting lineup. I, I think actually about-
1: had a, a conversation with this was in the in the uh, Ackershire Stadium press box during the last Pittsburgh Cleveland game, last okay. game of the season. And I said, uh, somebody I really respect, been in the Pittsburgh media corps for a long time. And I said, can you please tell me what it is about this guy? Okay, because I'm covering these games, you know, you're covering these games. You don't see, you know, I don't watch the Browns when I'm not working. Okay, And he said, he said, oh, that's just that's a hell of a player there, DK. You're really off on this guy. Really, really off on this guy. I said in this press box or in the Cleveland press box, when you've been up there covering the Steelers, have you
0: ever noticed him? Dead silence. Dead silence. I, I have the stats pulled up. You ready for him, DK? Yeah. As it as it stands, um, after twenty three, how many how many shows have they seen in the since twenty seventeen? The times he's played them. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, not ten times he's played the Pittsburgh Steelers. Miles Garrett in that time has twenty three tackles uh, with ten assists. That's thirty three combined with seven sacks. Seven sacks. In that time. Do you remember any of them? I couldn't tell you many. I, of them. That's
1: just you know. I mean, first of all, that's a a low number by his own standard, but it's not. Against a divisional
0: opponent also. When you're supposed to be
1: elevating, you're supposed to be rising up. I I don't know. How did we start talking about Miles
0: Garrett? Well, it wasn't even about him. It was about um, just the the powerhouse mindset. And I brought up his name. Oh, yeah. As far as, you know, you you mentioned, um, who was the guy you mentioned on that team? Nick Chubb. I was like, "Well, you got to throw Miles Garrett in there, also." Oh, and he was that. like, "No, yeah, yeah I can't no, throw him I in don't. unless he's I, actually." But this isn't a me and Cleveland
1: thing because I will, I will worship the ground Nick <laughs> Chubb walks on. Okay, I think this is the number one running back in the National Football League.
0: Uh, so let's let's give a comparison, if you will, for a second DK. Oh, I'm so glad I found this website. It just pulls it up just like this. Okay, you ready for it? Go ahead. In that same time frame, there's a guy that was drafted in that same year of 2017 by the name of T.J. Watt. Okay. Know what his stat line is against them? Let's, let's have it. And I feel like he's missed a, a couple games in that time too. 55 combined tackles, 15 sacks. One interception.
1: <laughs> now that's what an elite player does With inside the, the division and, and everything else. This uh Holden brings up here that T.J has eight sacks against Baker Mayfield alone. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> and the, the Browns change quarterbacks more often than they change their underwear. See what I'm saying? In that time, that same time frame, I know TJ has missed a couple of games. This is uh, 10 games against them. That is, again, 55 combined tackle with 40 of them being solo, 15 sacks, an uh, interception, and a fumble recovery. Man, we really went dark on this segment. I didn't think we would. Because we don't live in the false reality (laughs) about what our team is. What's the one goal that we have as an organization? Not to be called a a, uh, powerhouse. What's the one goal in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah, I
1: believe that it's a Super Bowl, a sixth Super Bowl. Seventh. Seventh, sorry. What's wrong with your math today? Just Look, I hadn't even started on the coffee.
0: Dog, what's wrong with you?
1: I hadn't even started. Look, it's barely one sip.
0: Get the lady together, man. Come on, DK. You're supposed to be sipping and dipping right now. What we got going on? I
1: feel such shame. What happened to our Browns <laughs> Browns helmet emojis? Now we could really
0: use them. Yeah, man. We really, we really could use those emojis right now. Uh, uh, but that's the difference, though, man. A lot of this chatter about what Pittsburgh is not going to be able to do. Uh, I'm not here to sell Wolf tickets. I'm not here to gaslight you guys either into believing that we're going to the Super Bowl. I can acknowledge Pittsburgh has a lot of talent. I can also acknowledge that they're young. I can also acknowledge Kenny Pickett's into his second year. I can also acknowledge that the offensive coordinator we got to find answers about into this third season of his right now too. There's a lot of acknowledgement, but I still say I us finishing fourth in the AFC North, I want to bet last year on a guy that thought we was going to be down and out. The Penguins have won
1: five Stanley Cups. The Pirates have won five World Series. The Steelers have won six Super Bowls. We're here to enlighten the masses who have not had enough caffeine. (laughs)
0: Apparently,
1: when we come back, it's going to be the only segment that matters. He'll still be shaking his head the whole time. Got me riled
0: up already, DK, man. It's the only segment that matters. That's hey, moan, good people
1: hear from a lot of people who say they've downloaded our app after seeing that ad that's really cool by the way uh, yeah. that, that you guys would do that appreciate it hope you like what you see there on dk pittsburgh sports it's where i, I spend like 99 of my actual efforts
0: i i'm uh i was listening to you but i was also focusing on the comment about three or four of them real quick dk if you don't mind man yes, i got them. Here i got go. uh, and we're i'm gonna go ahead and label him as a uh, uh, a cousin to the watts okay uh, from my guy, uh, Derek, where's where Darren Watt. Okay. He, he, he got in here late and he said this Got here late. Sound like I missed something good. <laughs> yeah, you always do. Yeah, we, we had a little bit of a firestorm right there for a second, but in a good way, man, you can mm. always go back and listen to us. But, uh, the other comment DK is we, we are in the Hey Moan segment. I know in a second, you got to go to the number three um that we must get to but i'll address this one as we talk about the three get go in one second but it was this from our guy lmk uh he said this i was looking at our roster and we are young yeah fair right dk
1: yes yeah all day
0: i don't even know the average of the age of the roster right now average age of the roster but it's probably on the younger end
1: well what you had obviously the last couple years but especially last year was a big imbalance all the young guys were on offense all the older guys were on defense and now Look, we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, because somebody's going to bring up Akella Witherspoon uh, being released today. You're going to have young corners. You're going to have Mm -hmm. younger players on the defensive side of the ball. But to
0: to follow that up with our guy Tristan real quick, he said, well, what's the ceiling for this team, then? divisional round AFC championship appearance? I think those two questions go hand in hand. We're young, but what's the actual ceiling for a very young team, D.K.?
1: Yeah, it's, it's limitless, it's just, and that's what ends up happening. That's where it gets fun.
0: Yes, it's that, and I say this, it's good to have a real good mix of old and young, and being real, what do they always say? It's a young man's game. Mm-hmm. Give me more young talent, DK, to where they're at a point, and this is going to sound bad to say, but it's the harsh yell. You're too young. You're too dumb. You're too inexperienced to know what's in front of you. Me going to the Super Bowl in my second year, oh, we're going back. And I chased that for a very long time, DK. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you're so young and gung-ho and you don't know the business the way you should. And whatever the coaches tell you, led by a good core group of vets, which is what we had, you run through the wall. Think about that team. Pounce, myself, uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, AB, Isaac Redman played a part on that. DJ Johnson played. Like, think about that group of guys that was dragged along by the older group like you you do need that dk
1: and your tone and i say this respectfully but your tone changed over the years yeah. it, it went from tell me if i'm wrong i don't want to speak for don't you You tell here, it like sharing, how i how you saw it. my observation was that your tone changed over the years you went from yeah we're going for the super bowl we got a really good team whatever and toward the end it was like we need to win this super bowl which part of we need to win this Super Bowl did you not understand? That was – you You turned it into a mission. It became something else.
0: I, it really was. Like, that was – <laughs> I, I label myself sometimes a sicko and my mind thought sometimes – and it's a good thing in a good way, right? Mm-hmm. Of, like, chasing that Lombardi. Like you said, it became fun to know you were good enough to do it. And then it really did become, like, man, I need – I need this Super Bowl. And that's the difference between a young guy – and a, an a old guy, like I knew that door, that window was probably a little bit slimmer than what a young guy did. So you're right, DK, my tone did change. That was my only goal. That was one of the reasons why I retired too, DK.
1: At the get-go cafe and market, quality is at the core of every menu item. They have three expert chefs, Moan. Three is also the number of teams that will finish ahead of Cleveland in the AFC North standings. <laughs> Those chefs... <laughs> They work really hard to make sure that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for what they call craveability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. They have get GetGos, by the way, in Cleveland. Huh. In
0: really fact, they they have one.
1: Yeah, right. They have one. They have one like pretty close to downtown, right? Right by where the baseball stadium is. Yeah, as I'm a here matter for of that. fact. Uh, for that. All right, so we're we're gonna get going on some uh, on some hay moans here, but first we're gonna thank. Osgood Peabody. Yeah. Did I get did I get punked again? No,
0: you did Okay. No, you died that time. <laughs> you got you did get got one day. I got, <laughs> did. I got I got got
1: really good here. Yeah. Um some there commentary here from Facet 58 who just says Witherspoon released. Well, if anybody's got a question about that, oh wait, Mark Lancaster does. Witherspoon cut. How does this shake out the secondary? Moan, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that Corey Trace is going to get a look. DK,
0: I didn't even think about Joey Porter Jr. I didn't. I thought about Corey Trice. I said, they must see something, know something, mm-hmm. feel something about this kid. Or said what? the same thing to somebody today. Yep. Did you? Re- that was yeah, my first thought. Because you don't cut a guy like a killer with a spoon this early, other than the respect factor of him going to another team. Right. Well, we've already saw something.
1: Similarly, you don't sign – a veteran third string quarterback, if you really like the guys you just had in for rookie yeah. mini camp, so we p- people like me say, ah, There's nothing going on you there,
0: there's it. nothing going on there. They see something, DK. I got a look, I got a single. I'm putting uh, this bet that we have, I'm gonna put that in the collection plate because you're preaching right now. Okay? okay, let me go ahead and put that in the offering plate for you, real quick. I threw that in there, real quick. Uh, but you're right, DK. And by the way, I had the answer to all you guys' question yesterday by Mason being signed in my inbox and didn't even realize it. I DM'd Mason yesterday like, hey, man, what's the rumors? Are you signed or not? And he hit me back. Uh, I got to find a DM real quick. Read it verbatim. <laughs> I'll even show you guys, too. Mason, I just hit him up. I was like, man, Mason's a friend of mine. Let me do that. And I was like, you actually going back to Pitt? And he said, Big Sexy. Yes, sir, I am. <laughs> And I'm like, okay then, that's Mason Rudolph right there, that's him. And don't show like, his number. His number's not up there, yeah, absolutely okay. not. And I don't think anybody can just message him unless you're friends. Uh, But he was like, big sexy. Yes, sir, I am. I told him I'll see him sometime soon. And he was like, looking forward to it and thank you. Mason's a good dude, despite what you guys are, uh, what you yeah, guys feel about him.
1: him for no reason in a for preseason no, game.
0: That's, that's my locker mate. That's my dude, man. So let me. That's it. But yeah, Mason is coming back, and uh, we're good to go. And there's also been another claim off of uh, off of waivers too. DK, what's that? Fifteen minutes ago, we have claimed uh, DN Manny Jones off of waivers from Arizona. I guess he. Must oh have yeah, got that.
1: yeah. That was uh, that was actually something that was known to an extent yesterday. Uh, okay. It's not. It's not a big deal. Uh, okay. Let me see what else we got here. Michael Muhammad says. With the 4.4 million in savings by cutting Akella Witherspoon, will that give us enough cap space for decent depth at an off-ball linebacker and edge? Well, we talked about the cap space yesterday and it was it was in the 8 range and I was yeah. the one saying it needs to be more. You did. Whenever we were talking about the the you know possibility which is not a possibility by the way that Mitch Trubisky will be traded, he will not be. I have I have that on good authority. These are your three quarterbacks. There's no mystique. There's no there's no subterfuge happening here. Uh, but with with Witherspoon out of the mix, how do you put this? You still need a nickel corner. Yeah. Okay. You do. Yeah. Okay? You that's can, fair. All right. And and you do need the off ball linebacker. Like we were all getting excited about Quan Alexander a couple of days yeah. ago, and then all of a sudden he was just
0: gone off into Bud Dupree land, mm-hmm. and now.
1: We still talking about a third edge rusher.
0: You, so you don't have much faith in Nick Herbig, or he's just such a young guy you don't know what you don't know. What's your coach gonna say about a rookie? I okay,
1: <laughs> I'm gonna here. Here's no. Here's how this goes. Go ahead. We get to Robe and I say to Mike Tomlin, Coach, do you think Nick Herbig's gonna be your third string off ball linebacker? You know what I'm gonna get from him? What? Ready? Yeah. Man, are you really <laughs> asking me that about a rookie? Come on. <laughs> Who, who else has a good question?
0: I know. All, <laughs> Godly, you, just good heard, question. you just
1: heard that. No, he'll say. I did exactly just hear that. I heard
0: it in his voice, man. And he
1: won't play favorites, too. He'll say it to anybody. He doesn't care who the reporter is, where they're from, whatever.
0: Yeah, the, the guys I see available now, I think Frank Clark is still out there. You have to ask the question, how much can you get up out of a guy like him? Uh, it's only known one that I know of. I feel like whoever you sign, DK – uh, is is going to end up being a guy that's going to be a strictly – like a strict role player. Like I said, not signing bud was one thing, um, and TJ has shown the ability sometimes to be in and out of the lockup because he has a high, hot motor, man. Um, Herbig is where I'm going. I'm laying my hat there until we know something else. To speculate, is, is kind of neglectful, D.K.,
1: yeah, I just think speculating with a rookie who isn't some first-round, high pedigree guy, and saying, "Oh, this is your starter," I've got two words for anybody who wants to do that: Kendrick Green. Don't. Okay. Fair. Let's 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 let the kids come in and earn it. Not That's because fair. of some superstition or this is tradition or how it's always been. No, you know this yeah. is this is just the right way to to conduct things here. Uh, Wade says, I think it must be a more relaxed and cooler for Mason Rudolph now as far as comfort. I mean, how do you put this? You do come to a point in your career, Moan, and you didn't. You started till the end. But you come to a point in your career, I'm sure you've seen and experienced it with other guys, where they just know they're at a certain place. They're not going to be starters. And in Mason's case, he's not going to be a two, at least not here.
0: I think Mason signing back with Pittsburgh, to me, signifies that, one, the respect is there. They do like Mason, have always liked Mason, but it was a matter of, okay, your shot, as far as being our franchise guy, is done. I think them not re-signing him initially and bringing him back in this role, it does put him in that box. You know what I'm saying? It's just the backup guy, but you know you can win games with Mason. That's the thing about it is, in today's game, you must be able to have a guy that can drag you along one or two games if your guy is out. Kenny's young. Let's say this, too. Mason was behind Ben for a while. He should understand what a franchise guy needs now as an older person. As a young Thundercat as Mason was, he had it in his mind. He probably was going to go start. He wanted to be the man. Right, DK? Most guys mm-hmm. are. And maybe I'll have Mason on to have that kind of conversation with him. Like, what's different this time around yep. without him giving up on himself? Because you still got to have that pro in you that wants to be you a gotta, guy in the gotta lineup. You got to carry it. Yep, you, you better carry it. But yeah. it's, it's a different role a little bit now.
1: The funny thing is, we were always using Duck as the example for third-string quarterback, but Duck had to carry it. He did. Okay, Duck, when he was in college, threw for five zillion touchdowns. Come on, man. Okay? He threw for 10 zillion yards. Yeah. And one of the things, actually the main thing that management liked about Duck the first time they saw him in Latrobe was that yeah. he had that little bit of something to him. Okay. He yeah. knew what his limitations were. He knew he didn't have a cannon, but he also knew and believed that he could, there's a wide receiver. I'm
0: yeah. going to hit him. Yes. And he did. He impressed us with it. You want to hear uh, Devlin Hodges, AKA Duck College stats? Go ahead. 14,584 passing yards. That's what I'm talking about. 111 <laughs> touchdowns with 41 interceptions. When you're a gunslinger like that, DK, I'll take you box. I don't care if you're doing it. I don't care if you're doing it in your backyard. If yeah.
1: you're throwing for 15,000 yards in your backyard, you can do something
0: right. Completion rate, 64.9, 70.8, 65.7, and 70.5 his senior year with an average of 69.1. Completion rate. That's solid. I don't care who you are. Marvin Wallace
1: shouts out from the uncle table. (laughs) Hey, Mona D.K., what about Joey Porter Jr. playing that nickel uh, position, rotating back and forth with Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace? You want Joey Porter Jr. at nickel?
0: No, I don't want him at nickel. I want him outside. I'd much rather move Levi than I would uh, Joy Porter Jr. That's going to be his role. Levi's got experience there, too. That's what I'm saying. Marvin, man, come back from the uncle's table later. But, no, nah, he's going to the outside, man. Absolutely not. And Pat Peterson, I think he's available enough to be able to float back and forth is the way I view him. And he said that himself.
1: Victor sends us $5 from Nigeria. I don't know the Thank name you, of God. the Nigerian currency. Think My dollars probably would. Is it dollars? I think they're dollars. Yeah. Nigeria, does Nigeria use dollars? They use what? West African Francs, my son says. West Let's African look it up here? France. Yeah, I was gonna say you got That's the answer. I just the post- he says, don't quote just, me on it. It's too late. I just, just did.
0: Call your son the research department. Okay. That's Nigerian what Nigerian
1: just- <laughs> currency is uh whoa. It's the Naira, it's called.
0: Naira. Okay, for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, at, at any rate he sent it in dollars. So thanks Victor. And Thank again, you. congratulations on the uh on the Mar- thing and did
0: and uh Antoine you- says
1: that that Patrick Peterson can rotate with Safeties too and yeah. and, 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 and and as usual Antoine is correct. And by the way,
0: all the way from the uncle table. He just decided to just drop one Marvin
1: on the- Wallace drops a 20 on us.
0: Marvin, why are Marvin. you this way?
1: Mar- Marvin is He is determined to sit at the table with the big folks. Hey,
0: man. Marvin says, screw it. You're not going to call me that, Uncle. I bring gifts. You win, Marvin. You 100%
1: win. This is the most ridiculous episode of this show ever. Why? You you win.
0: You win, Marvin Wallace, Sr. Junior is going to be a great person. I know it, man. Gosh, you win today. Marvin uh, Wallace Jr.? No, the the ju- junior and senior DK they both win the day, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I have a question. I think it's very important to DK, okay. and it comes with a whole lot of Ms, Os, and Ns. You ready for it? Go ahead. It's from my guy. It's good. People, I'm gonna step back on this one, man, because we're gonna have some fun with it. He goes, "Hey, mom." Like I did that one. With all this talk of Canada, Swiss Alps. <laughs> yeah, man. Do you ever did you ever go through a game where you thought play calling cost you a game, and how did you react? Whoa, Hey you man. have a winner. That's a heavy question. You hear me? Uh, did I ever go through a game? It's one game in particular that really sticks out to me. Well, a couple. I can always go to the Oakland game because I was feeling like, why isn't anything working? The one with some real Pryor just opened up the game and just bust open the seams on us offensively, nothing was working for us. I was in that game thinking, why are we calling these plays? Let's just simplify it. Why aren't we connecting on pass? Let's just simplify it. Like, yes, that was one of those games. And I would also think, and and most of the time it was because of uh, something that happened. The Patriots-AFC championship game. That was another one. I was out there and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell are we doing? What are we doing? Those two games stick out to me more than any two not even the Super Bowl, not even, like, it was those two games because we should have whopped okay, Oakland. That's who they were at the time, not Vegas Raiders. We should have whopped them, and we should have also competed a whole lot better than what we did in that AFC Championship game. Screw the, the fire alarm pulling. Screw the, the fire alarm, the fire in the actual hotel, the person's getting arrested. Le'Veon Young, go- DK, that was by far, whether it was on us or the play calling. Like, what the hell are we doing?
1: Well, let me give everybody a little bit of an inside glimpse on how this works. So they're sitting there. The athletes are. And they're taking the tape off of their ankles. And they're throwing the scissors down on the floor after they do it. And it's the offensive line. Who goes to the offensive line first? You do. Okay. And I go over to the offensive line, guys. And scissors are flying. Tape is little little balls. They roll Attitudes. them up into balls. And they... They go like this to the nearest rubber trash can and it makes a sound, big sound, and everybody pays attention. And I'll walk over there and I'll say something like, What are you thinking? What's on your mind? <laughs> okay. And what I'll get back is something like, uh, You saw it because <laughs> you can't say it. Yeah. No, you can't we, we can't even say, say, say it off the record. No, no. You saw that. You saw that. You tell me. What did you see? That's what and I'll that get. That was – yeah, what did you see? Yeah, okay. And I'll come back with something like – because even I'm not even going to go there necessarily. So what I'll say is, <laughs> look like you guys were running the ball pretty well. Where are we now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you think that we were running the ball well, huh? We were running the ball well. It's almost as if we could have kept running the ball well. Yeah. Huh? Are you new here or something? So it would be like that. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, and and that that in and of itself was like, okay, I knew where to go. And and that's meaning, exact- meaning
0: with whatever I was writing. So to answer your question, those were the two games, Oscar. That that was just like what the hell are we doing? Like, and that's why I had to like tell y'all like last week, like the players want to win and the coaches do too. And maybe you just get off script or maybe you just don't believe those players are going to work. But those two game right there were the ones I questioned, like play calling, like God, dog help us out here. And I throw one on the other side of the game, uh, other side of the ball. And there's no fault of anybody's, but the Jacksonville game where we hosted at home. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Like defense, What y'all can't call nothing to get a stop.
1: You can't. You can't. The guy is not only is Leonard Fournette running for ten yards every touch, but he's doing it to the exact same part of the field.
0: And and truthfully, y'all, the other portion of this is is this too. Sometimes the players that you got in that you call them the plays for ain't even making the plays that you need them to make. Mm-hmm. That is the other portion of it too. Is sometimes your players just get whooped.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Here, Marvin, who's really on the defensive here we we, we bullied
0: marvin sorry we just had to my brother you know it's all love at the end of the day though you know that and he donated 20 bucks man hey that's beautiful man thank you seriously (laughs) it wasn't out of malice it was all out of love my brother
1: oh boy um i own infinite says do you think the keanu neal will work out within our system meaning how he's utilized with DeMonte Casey and Minka Fitzpatrick already there.
0: Uh, that three safety set of just having those types of guys is pertinent in today's game, especially if guys can cover. We know Minka can cover or be an eraser. Casey been another one of those guys. And you said, do you think he will work out? Y- y'all, y'all see the way guys are excited, are are excited about being in Pittsburgh playing for coach Tomlin, coach Terrell. So we can't, we, we can't not mention him, right? Like, there is a style of ball that the blueprint is in the place for a very long time, and guys want to be a part of that. I've never met anybody that that fought against what the defense does, if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. every Like, the offense can always have its questions. But that defense is probably more known for its expectations than the actual, like, defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the offense. Like, you mentioned Pittsburgh, you think of defense. And anybody walking inside that building wants to play under that defense and make plays.
1: Well, that's – I mean, you know, you know, there's a lot of different things you can say about the potential for the three-safety set, but more than anything else, I think you're going to see a Keanu Neal and his physical style yeah, be a fit right up there with the linebackers and also maybe – because he's got that additional mobility more than you would have with a typical inside linebacker, maybe he'd be more capable of, say, picking up a tight end coming off the line of scrimmage.
0: For real. And also this, too. Uh, we know Akilo Willispoon got cut. I want to revisit this, this real quick from my yeah. guy, okay Do the yeah. think Akilo got cut because of what they saw in Trice at rookie minicamp? DK, you want to elaborate a little bit more on that Yeah,
1: one? I do. The, you know, Corey Trice can make an impression on you just by standing there. You've seen him. Okay, well, you see, you see him and you say to yourself, well, let's put it this way. You see Darnell Washington coming off the field and you say, that's a tight end. Okay. Yeah. And you see Corey Trice coming off the field and he and Joey Porter already seem to have formed Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. Eventually we're just going to get to calling him Joey Porter, but Joey Porter that's yeah. going to take a while. He's, they're coming off the field. They're together. They already started bonding a little bit, which I like to see. But Trice comes off and you go, wow, it's a corner. Really, and then when you go back and you look at his film, he was healthy when he was on top of his game at Purdue. He was pressing guys. He was physical. He was in their faces. And if Mike Tomlin, Terrell Austin, and Grady Brown, secondary coach, can find a way to what's the way? What's what? What am I looking for here, Mo?
0: Shrink it. Yeah. Yes. It.
1: yes. 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 Concentrate it. Do that. And say, hey, kid, we don't need you to be all over the map here. We don't need you overthinking stuff. You see that guy in front of you? Cover him. Yeah. The James Harrison approach, beat the man in front of you. Yeah. Okay. If all you do is that, we are going to be thrilled. If you free Minka up to go wild carding back there, you know, to be the X Factor, you don't need to do, you don't need to be picking passes off or whatever. You leave all that to Minka. Okay. Just do your job, do the job in front of you.
0: Do your job. And I even hate that saying because that was always the Patriots' mantra. But it really is that simple. Do your job is all you want him to do in year one. That's what we got out of Kenny. That's what we got out of Najee. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can be real about that. It's just doing the job.
1: Slim comes at you with another good one. All of a sudden, the second, like the second portion of this show became substantive. Do you like that?
0: It is. I like that. We're very versed in our approach, DK. I mean, and our crowd is, too. <laughs> like the I, know, I was going to say, they did that. Yeah, they did <laughs> Slim that.
1: Slim says, hey, Moan, I've heard that Mike Tomlin has one of the smallest coaching staffs.
0: Is there a reason behind that he actually does have one of the smallest coaching staffs? Too many cooks in the kitchen. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, there are people that have other jobs that do stuff for them. But I'll say this. Coach Tomlin is very in tune to everything defense and offense. If there's a detail that's missing, he's probably already seen it. His coaches, he allowed them to coach and do their job, as far as I know, DK, with no looking over their shoulder. Uh, And then this is this, too. It ain't much to do in Pittsburgh, but football. So most of the time that you're inside of that building, you're going to be doing those things. So why have a 30-, 40-man coaching staff? Like, and, and this is the other portion, too. I would say this, DK. You let me know if I'm just being too much of a, a, a homer here. There's a lot of people that want to be inside of that building. And Coach Tomlin and Mr. Rooney and the their, their front office have to be kind of, you know, stingy about who they allow in, too. You're
1: going now where I was going to go at the beginning with this one. Uh, Mike Tomlin needs to trust you. Okay, more than anything else, he needs to trust you. Uh, He prefers to have a tight control, but he prefers, as Ramon just said, to have that control via trust. He doesn't want to hold your hand. He just wants to believe that you're going to do it. So if I can mention the other Joey Porter for a second, one of the things that used to get the elder Joey in trouble was that every time he'd come and talk to us, he'd tell us everything because he doesn't have another gear okay (laughs) he is just that open that blunt right that's not a that's not him being disloyal it's just his personality it's who he is so what tomlin wants are people around him that he can trust in every regard Mm -hmm. but and
0: that's always going to be a smaller number and i don't want you to think he's closed-minded in his thought there's been so many like college coaches high school coaches uh, coaches who were without jobs, coming side that building, be able to work camp, be around camp. Uh, and he's very open in that aspect. But I would almost guess working for him and being around those guys that are those position coaches, it ain't much of an outside chatter when it comes how the Steelers do stuff.
1: No, and, and that's that's – what he's doing in this context isn't something that is uncommon in the business world. Yeah. Okay. you have a lot of people who run businesses who just say, hey, man, you know, let's just keep it like this. We know who we are. We know who to trust. Okay, we have a small circle here. Let's just go about business like that. Um, Let's see what else. And I don't
0: think we've suffered from a small staff either. If I can be frank about it, I think you've had some really good coaches to come through. And the the other thing Coach Tomlin is not afraid to let you know is (laughs) I'll fire you (laughs) if you're not doing your job. So is that part of it, too?
1: Gifted memberships are, it, it says here that it's it's actually raining memberships. I do believe exactly. that that's our man, Ryan Lytle, at work. Right. Oh, and in fact, it is. He says there are some more. Abandon the uncle table. Wow. people.
0: Ryan, you are a, a, a saint, uh, my friend. We, we must sit down and have a, a, a brew and one of those hot dogs across the shop, across the way from DK's shop.
1: Sergio challenges you, Ramon. He says, Moan, you were part of it. Did Mike Tomlin really control the calls and limit the
0: coordinator's input? According to what Butler said when he retired. I well, see Keith that.
1: Butler said, yeah, this basically was his defense and whatever else here.
0: I mean, well, it was top 10 every year. Yeah. So, all right, did he limit it? I have to get that answer from him. I don't want to speak for Coach Tomlin in that sense, right? I do know this. He, he knows everything about what the opponent is doing. Coach Tomlin's first gig was, what, D-backs coach and then defensive coordinator. I, I, I played for a college coach that was a former offensive lineman. He put his hands, his fingerprints on all things that we did, too. It's hard for some people to not want to have some type of influence. And I'll say this also, when you have the ability to know better sometimes, DK, you know, and if it messes up, you know, you, my bad, I got you. I'm going to let you do your thing. Uh, but saying that, I'm not surprised. Him and Bus, I thought, had a really good relationship. But, I mean, DK, when you got a defensive head coach that knows a lot about the game and still still involved with it.
1: He's going to call the shots. This happens in a lot of places. No one in Kansas City complains about who calls the offensive plays, do they? That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, no one says, hey, it's really wrong that Andy Reid calls the plays. No, man, they're counting trophies.
0: Belichick? Yeah. Sean McVay, there's a a list of coaches that have their fingerprints on whatever side they concentrated in. So, like it or love it, it is what it is when it comes down to you running your own ship. Jason
1: Esch says, hey, Moan, knowing that it's May, and I get it, but if you had to choose one Steelers offensive lineman who will show up and show out over all the others this season, who would it be?
0: Mason Cole. That's who I'm going with. Okay, because I think he's getting more comfortable. Because I think the second time around, we saw his first time. He has a Steelers mentality. It's just a matter of comfort for him. You've told me he seems to be the the mouthpiece for that room too. Oh, he is. So and, with and, that, and he likes it. I, I I think he had an opportunity to be a Pro Bowler last year. Okay, let's mm-hmm. just he did. I, he's, He's the one to me I think that's going to show up and show out. Another guy that's tight on that list is of core for. I'll throw him in there because I, if I'm not mistaken, it's close to contract year two. So that's who I'm going. The rookie, I don't want to put him in that conversation because it's going to be learned by fire with him this year. So I got Mason Cole as being my guy, being a steady Eddie that's going to show up and show out this year.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going to take somebody different, Moan. I'm, I'm going to take James Daniels, and here's why. Early last season, and I am i have no problem admitting this because circumstances change, stances change, okay? Mm-hmm. James Daniels started off, and this begins with the preseason. He was getting pushed back, yeah. and I didn't like it. And then from there, I'd heard internally that they didn't like it either. They felt that he was kind of easing his way into the season. Does that uh-huh. make sense? Oh, yes, it does okay. make sense. So when you see X number of plays on film where he's just going backward, I
0: remember seeing it.
1: Okay. However, season's end comes along and his record is like spotless. Okay. Yeah. So now he enters 2023, understanding what the standard is, understanding what the expectation is of Pat Meyer, of Mike Tomlin, of his teammates. Yeah. If he does What he did over the final 12, 13 games, wow. Yeah, You're talking elite. You're talking zero right here, zero sacks, okay? Zero missed snaps.
0: I I will say this about James Daniels too, though, right? Mm. You mentioned James, right? That zero that he had is going to be targeted this year too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he better come in with that attitude also, DK. You feel me? Uh, that's just how the game goes. I'm not even attacking them at that point.
1: We got one last one for the day, and there's nobody we'd give this one to other than Marvin Wallace, who has now joined us at the table. He said
0: he's been a member, DK, so we're going to correct it. And I saw the comment. His son, his, yesterday. his son is a pilot, by the way, <laughs> yes. too. That's yes. awesome, man. I'd I love to learn how to do that, but I don't know if I trust myself to do that.
1: You've got, you've got this one, Moan.
0: All right, it goes, hey, Ramon. I like that, Marvin. How many pairs of shoes would you bring to a game if you were playing in cold weather like Green Bay? Or I feel like that. Uh, How many pairs of shoes? (laughs) Uh, Cleats, I had at least three pair. Wow. I didn't know that. At least three pair in the locker room. I had my molded set, which is rubber. Then I had my spikes. Yeah, on on the the road. road. And then I have my regular spikes, and I have a different color spike also that I want to wear on the road, too. So it's about three pairs, sometimes four pairs of shoes in there. Then I have my My sneakers, as some people call them, sneakers to walk around in. I have flip-flops in there. I have shower shoes in there also. (laughs) And I'd always have, like, some workout shoes, too. So my locker was full. You got to think. This turns out to be the best question we've ever had. It was. It was. But (laughs) You're like a walking Payless in there. (laughs) I really was. I was my own store. Because fashion was a part of it, too, if I can be honest with you, man. And uh, the most important part, though, Marvin, was the socks. When it hit late October, we used to hit up our guy, Pat and Rajam, and be like, Hey, I need the winter socks. If you ever look at the differences in socks, and later in the year, they were more woolly, they were thicker socks. The feet have to be comfortable. No matter, feet and fingers have to be comfortable. That's outstanding.
1: Yeah. So what would you do, like, in the Baltimore locker room where it was, like, the whole apparatus was just one room? It was.
0: (laughs) It's stacked up, and that's the thing. We have those that storage in there. uh, We have that storage in there, too, to where the extra pair of shoes were just underneath the locker and stuff. It's uh, it's a lock. The socks is what meant the most, though.
1: Guys, thanks so much for watching today. We will have another one of these here Ramon shows tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, hopefully half as good as this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was you guys are awesome, man. I appreciate you guys checking us out.
1: Good good stuff. All right, let's do it again tomorrow. Bye-bye. No doubt,
0: DK, see ya.
1: Bye-bye. Oh, I gotta push the <laughs> What does it say?
0: Hard work beats talent. Is
1: that right?
0: I feel like that's what our guy Trice is going through right now.
1: I like it. Although, he's going to have talent, too. I mean, you know, he was was born to be 6'3". He didn't work at it.
0: (laughs) That's so true. You know? so true. Look at you with a picture of me, DK. I don't even have a picture of me.
1: That's right. The boss is going overseas later tonight.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, we're going
1: to say goodbye to her?
0: See you, Dolly. Everybody say bye to Dolly, man.
1: She's going overseas for a couple of weeks, see family and stuff. Big time. I'm keeping this here, though. They would never let her get this through customs.
0: Well, no, that's like a weapon of mass destruction, right there.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: All right. Let's All do right. it again tomorrow. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right.